Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. Welcome to the GER on a Thursday. It's myself and Conan here in the studio today. Connor has disappeared again this Thursday. He's a part timer, uh, Conan. So. I don't know what we're going to do. Got them. Don't know what. Yeah, he definitely didn't like that subtalk. We might come back to that a little bit later because there's some referees who are acting a little bit like I did, which is not really recommended um, when it comes to not being chosen for the first fifteen or for the first uh, choice referee. But we want to start with the CCCC, Conan, because they've circulated proposals to counties yesterday. Martin Brehney had this in the Independent this morning, so they sent around proposals in preparation for a meeting. Um, of Central Council which is Saturday week we know it's on Saturday week because we talked about the playing rules committee have tweaked some of their um, rules we'll talk about that in a minute again Um, but interestingly it looks certain that the Dublin footballers are going to have two round robin games in Croke Park again next year if they reach the the quarterfinals which uh, you know I just find absolutely unbelievable it makes no sense to me and like I mean we know the controversy we know all the uh, all the cases being made as to why if it's their home game if it's their home venue it can't be their neutral venue and if it's a neutral venue then it shouldn't be their home venue so there's there's two arguments you can look at this and say that this isn't right so the CCCC said um, this is what was circulated to county boards since the introduction of the qualifiers in 2001 Croke Park has been considered a neutral venue for quarterfinals including games involving Dublin fixtures there have been generally welcomed by players above uh, games in any other venue since 2001 10 years later Dublin decided to play other league games there which is now a de facto home ground so it cannot be neutral for them you can argue this strongly by saying bang you put that neutral, it's not their home venue, right? Then you want to say it's their home venue, then it can't be their neutral venue. There's two ways of saying this is not, Dublin yeah. should not play two games there. So them saying that it's a neutral venue is absolutely precluding Dublin from playing their home game there in the interest of fairness. Yeah. That Dublin should have to go somewhere else for their home game. Like, I just can't understand, outside of money, how anyone can say that this should be continued? Yeah, like um, rather than getting into if it's a home or a neutral venue, like do you know where Dublin people will now argue that Parnell Park is their home ground. Forget about that. Like the fact is, they're going to have two games in the one place, wherever it is, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't have that. Like it's not fair. It's not fair in Donegal last year who had two away games in a row before they got their home game they went away to Dublin for the neutral game no we'll come to that because that's going to be changed thankfully no I know that but I mean like you know, this is what happened then a team will have two away games if oh, Dublin yeah. have two games at Crew Park at yeah. one of the neutral venue and 
Like Dublin would like this I don't think Dublin would care one But I think they'd actually prefer If you said to them Right you're playing one game at Crow Park One in Clonacy And one away in, in Trilly Or whatever Dublin will be more than happy about that We talked about the Omer game And how much it would have meant to them They go up and prove yeah. people wrong I'm sure they're sick of listening to people say That like, they're not saying it's the only reason they're doing well But this is almost detracting from their success the fact that they get two games at Crew Park they'd, yeah. they'd be more than happy to go outside I can't believe that the CCCC are letting this happen it's like, money I, I can believe it it's money it's, it has to be money there's no other explanation other than money other than money it's money 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 there's, that's it Like there's no other logical explanation in the interest of fairness and the integrity of the competition and Dublin's reputation all different factors it has to come back down to money that's my opinion there's two proposals about the tier 2 football on the agenda for Central Council as well one features all 16 division 3 and 4 teams being excluded from the qualifiers in favour of the tier 2 competition while the other allows them to compete in both so oh, I don't know like this tier 2 football agenda has just been shoehorned in here by, by John Horan and by the GEA without looking at the whole year in its entirety and obviously now it looks like this could be pushed through it's not fixing any of the problems across the year it's a good idea but if you're going to do it do it fix the whole fix the whole calendar now if I if I was to choose between those two agendas I would choose the first one so you lose in a Leinster championship instead of going into the qualifiers you go into the tier 2 competition rather than I'm not sure how it would work playing the qualifier well you go out early in the qual- it's the early qualifier losers obviously but if, if that's the case and it's the early qualifier losers oh, it's division 3 and 4 teams that are excluded so it's not like you're going to see a division 2 team lose at the qualifiers go down win the division 2 that would make a bit of a farce yeah. of it but anyways I still stick to my point that I think the division 2 All-Ireland should be your goal at the start of the year and that that should be it and that's what you should be working towards but I don't want to get into huge discussions about this Conor because we've been blue in the face talking about this you're going to come back to me with a Champions League model and then we're going to start talking about that <laughs> I was just going to say they have to rip out the provincial if they want to do this like you know that's the yeah. big problem but that's the, ele- that's the elephant in the room so just on your point there this is another one is that at least this is a bit of logic and common sense is that the provincial football winners are likely to have home advantage in their first rather than third all and quarter final so like that obviously makes perfect sense so the, the teams coming through the qualifiers have uh, should have the disadvantage of the home game being third they could be out by then um, the provincial championships should provincial champions should have their home uh, venue first so obviously Dublin if if you want to put a, a negative spin on this so they have their first home game in Croke Park <laughs> then they have their neutral game they have their first two games at home <laughs> game wrapped up, <laughs> so that's wrapped up going to Oma means nothing rest a few lads <laughs> yeah. Re- them going on the road now just I actually think potentially they did it the other way to make it less controversial about Dublin playing too so now <laughs> Dublin just have this wrapped up after two games and they can play a dummy team like they did against Roscommon after their two games now to be fair to Dublin they did that this year anyways and they had a tough away tie in Oma the chances are Dublin will win their two their three Super 8 games anyways but that's not the point the optics are all wrong and in the interest of fairness it's all wrong yeah it's like I don't know how much longer we can talk about this it's, yeah. it's baffling that like this is unbelievable like that this is going through like I'm I've just finished watching make a murderer and you know they bring <laughs> they bring up all these these pieces of evidence and you can't believe that people won't look at them like yeah. this is this is crazy that this has just been put Jesus. before a judge and dismissed making a murder <laughs> and I've been watching the whistleblower there for the last two nights as well which is unbelievable um, in the same way so are we comparing the Super 8's Dublin home advantage to the, the making a murder the making a murder and the whistleblower yeah. Morris McCabe I don't think it's that serious but I get your point absolutely get your point um, so the standing uh this, the playing rules um, committee have tweaked the sin bin so we know we discussed the fact that they tweaked the. so this is up for discussion at Central Council as well we know they dis- that they tweaked the kick out rule and I actually admitted that I got that one wrong which really difficult thing to do <laughs> um, but the sin bin the sin bin has been tweaked and the only tweak to the sin bin is still a sin bin for a black card but weirdly enough they were given two yellows being a sin bin as well which I think led to more they were worried that it would lead to more fouling Um, you could probably 
you know those kind of fouls that are kind of closed lines or you yeah. know a dangerous enough foul that's a yellow you could actually get away with doing that twice and yeah. only get a sin bin so you could really be told as a cornerback go in there now and make sure you rattle him hard and give him a good dead leg you know because it's not necessarily a sending off maybe you know yeah. kind of that hip height kind of challenge or a, a bad shoulder um, so that's the two yellows now will be will be a red so they've tweaked that I think the great thing about this is all the panic about when these came out they're you know they're open to correction and they're not putting their foot down saying we know the be- we know best they actually saw them being implemented and now have tweaked them and tweaked the kick out one and and the two yellow ones and they would have been two ones we found stra- well you found strange the kick out one I was trying to be positive about the whole thing which yeah. is out of character but like they have fixed two that would have caused a lot of maybe most of the of the um, opposition yeah and that was that was the worry that someone like you might have been in there and just been so stubborn <laughs> about it all said no no we're pushing this through but like they have they've listened and they've looked at the evidence <laughs> and you know they've decided that some things don't really make much sense that like the sim bin is a great thing to bring in for a black card because that's the best we talked about it that's the best punishment for it but yeah. it didn't make sense that they lumped on a second yellow that didn't need to be there and that's gone now as well yeah okay that's fair enough so meals delivered I have down here so <laughs> the, the Eamon Donoghue in the Irish Times was, was talking to a catering company and they've catered for the Limerick Hurlers this year who obviously won the All-Ireland and the Kildare Senior Hurlers and Footballers and there's a lot of counties who've been in contact with their strength and conditioning coaches so they're hoping to be involved with a lot, mo- a lot more um, so s- this is what the, your man um, said so some teams we would provide food for after training other teams we would provide a set amount of meals to the players over the week um, and I found that interesting so they work hand in hand with a nutritionist and a strength and conditioning coach and they provide ready-made meals so like we know from that ERSI report that players are spending 31 hours per week uh, training so do you have time to do your weekly shop do you have time to eat healthily do you have time to cook it do you have time to prepare three meals in advance because the next day you might be commuting you won't have time to cook when you get home all these things um, so these are I think these. this is the future I think catering companies should be using their heads on this most catering companies are coming in providing meals for teams after training so like I mean it's a cheaper way than going down when I was with Leash we'd go down to a hotel at the start then towards the end we were getting meals brought to a more park sitting down eating them together much faster you're out the door and that was a catering company so it's moving on now so you all these whispers about Dublin so they'd have their meals and then there would be like 40 ready made meals that they would take on for their day the next day now I've been given information with Dublin that this never actually was the case at all that some of the Dublin players after the catering might there would be some food left over and they'd scrape it into a bowl and they'd bring it on for the yeah. next day That it, I think Dublin are at All Blacks levels of so many rumours go on about how, how unbelievable yeah. their setup is that there's so many whispers going on that it, if you were to go in there on a weekly basis it might not be as unbelievably high tech but I'd say Dublin absolutely love all this stuff that goes on about them even if it's not true if it's yeah. exaggerated this builds up this mystique that they're doing it so much better than everybody else yeah they probably have a good laugh like well, I remember one of the players talking about the pre-season training was up in the Malahide Road just one of those pitches off the side yeah with lights yeah. with no lights no lights and just muddy pitch just a bog standard pitch like you know and they were sort of like <laughs> people thinking they're running around a track you know like Rocky Four with the Russian getting all the yeah with all, all wires <laughs> yeah. coming out of them and everything <laughs> and everybody else running through the snow like trying to catch up on them yeah but yeah like I, I, have you ever tried any of these ready made meals I know catering's a bit different if it's after if it's after training that's there ready for you but uh, like I remember like getting like just buying it myself getting it sent out to the house and you have your meals all done for the week and they're not as nice like you know as cooking them fresh which yeah. probably goes about saying but they're not going to be no they're not going to be It's it's as long as they're nutritious you just have to get through yeah. them you're not going to it's not obviously not going to be as nice as your mammy might cook it kind of <laughs> but like I mean it's absolutely um, for for the players when they're spending that much time though they just don't have time to be cooking and to be going shopping and stuff like that, yeah. that it, it absolutely takes a big uh, load off their off their weekly schedule if you're giving them these meals because you look at it right so they'll go down train on Tuesday Thursday mostly and they will be having um, they'll be having their meals after that training now then it's the Tuesday it's the, it's the Monday Wednesday Friday so Monday they might do a recovery 
do they have to go do their weekly shop then after that and then by the time they do the recovery do their weekly shop it might be half eight nine by the time they start cooking themselves yeah. then they do have to cook on Monday night for the, the Wednesday and the Friday knowing that they'll be doing gym work both those days after maybe not the Friday but the Wednesday see what I mean it's it, it, it's a lot for them to have to do because they're trying to put in professional preparations and standards outside of a working environment not yeah. the students they can they have a better schedule but the working the fellows working so I see a huge huge future for these catering companies it's massive like I mean you want to be getting they, this this one and I'm not going to mention it because it's not for me to to be to be advertising for anybody but any any they're in with Limerick and Kildare hurlers and footballers huge untapped resource there I know the f- f- gourmet food parlour does uh, does dub uh, caters for Dublin, but I think making these ready-made uh, meals and lunches and stuff for intercounty players, it's the t- it's for it's the yeah. future, anyways. I think every single intercounty team needs it. Like you know, like, <laughs> intercounty players don't have a lot of time. Like you know, and yeah. not only the time thing, but it's a lot of money. You're talking you're talking about a weekly shop, but if you're Serious about playing the county football, and you're yeah. you're going to, have to prepare GPA, for three meals a GPA day. GPA give them some allowance, don't they? Wasn't that in the last GPA deal that they got to get some allowance for nutrition or something? I yes, remember. you're right. Yeah. Actually, so, yeah. but still, like, I mean, that's great financially. That's great, but I'm talking about the time-consuming yeah. element of doing your recovery on a Monday after training and by the time you finish recovery doing your shop like I said you might do your shop on Sunday but you have a league match so you do your shop and you're actually starting to cook your stir fry or whatever that it is like at nine at nine that night and that's not good eating that late at night and it's no good to your body eating that late you want to be eating earlier in the day you watch Netflix at that time of night you want to be chilling out (laughs) with a cup of tea and maybe a plain biscuit not the chocolate biscuit (laughs) whatever they're whatever they're eating Um, Mickey Moore and Kilku Conan was kind of big news that broke yesterday so he's with Slock Nail and did so well with them with three Ulsters and lost two finals and they lost two finals to Crokes Narrowly and Cara Finn. so there's absolutely no shame in that so when you oh. think about what he did with Slock Nail so now he's with Kilku and interestingly enough he beat Kilku with Slock Nail in the 2016 final so he um, has cut Conlet Gilligan with him so it's a full Derry yeah. set up why are these fellas not man- Mickey Moore has never managed his own club He's managed so many different counties and everything. What's his club in Derry? Glen Mahara. And are they any good? Neighbours oh, of Slocknail. Right, they're, they're, Mahara. Oh no, it was Mahara Felt that did the huge defensive job yeah, against Slocknail. Yeah. Right, but and Mahara uh, worth his time. Oh yeah, like they're they're like they won like three Ulster minors in a row. Like you know, so they're the next coming team. Got to the semi final. Nicky, go back home. Yeah, I, I thought that would be sort of earmark for him, but like you know, Sock Neil are big rivals of Mahara as well. So I don't right. know how that sort of went down. They they run into each other, but Jesus, when I saw these two names together, Mickey Moore and Conliff Gilligan, I thought, oh my god, like this is like a dream team. <laughs> it's a dairy you know, management team. Yeah. Pure total football. Like Conliff Gilligan, there, I think he was thirty. 738 could be could be 39 I'm not sure but he was top scorer again in Derry Championship in the whole Derry Leagues like he always right. is like you know but he played like a, a clever player yeah. like I mean if, if obviously there's some clever players to go into management having a notion but he I, I have a feeling he probably understands the game and he's a real affable fella as well like everybody loves him like everybody in the Derry panels all the Ball and Derry boys they love, he's, such, like, he's, he's the soundest man you know if you meet him right. in a real, real nice way about him so having him around you know a club scene will be great and him learning off Mickey Moran is going to be amazing everywhere Mickey Moran goes he has success everywhere well no not at inter-county level like well, let's not let's relatively so he managed Derry semi-final he got with Derry managed Donegal won the league with Donegal you know he didn't no, MacIver won the league, won the league. Yeah, Donegal wasn't good he got them to the quarter-final with Dublin and they all went for a pistol managed Leitrim did he not get them the iconic final Oh Jesus, I don't remember. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think Leitrim were in a cut. It's kind of fine. Sligo. Sligo. No, it was that was uh, that was the Galway manager. Who's Galway manager now? Ah, uh, yeah. Kevin so Walsh. He got Sligo. He got rose tinted glasses. He got Sligo to a, a Connacht final. Uh, he managed Mayo as well. So he's managed loads of counties. T- All Ireland um, final of Mayo. All Ireland final and uh, beat Dublin in that semi final yeah. and gave. Uh, although the Mayo players double crossed him with that and ran to the wrong end. Mickey Moore had no part in that, as we know from one or two of our live shows. So yeah, so it'd be interesting to see. Kilku obviously were beaten going for six in a row. Um, so they won their five in a row so they're a really good club team and Mickey might be able to turn them from uh, Ulster pretenders to Ulster champions um, Wexford have lost or Wexford won their appeal and Leash lost theirs this is against the training band so Armagh, Leash, Waterford and Wexford 
have been punished so they'll lose one home league game next year for not respecting the training ban weekend ban in uh, April now we all know this is rich considering that the GA have broken their own inter-county bans with the Fenway Classic which is an, a monstrosity and the Wild Geese so Wexford have appealed theirs and they've won theirs so their training weekend was not a training weekend and it used no county board funding I would say it definitely was a training weekend but it probably <laughs> didn't probably didn't use or county board funding and in fairness to Wexford they played three rounds of their senior club championship in April so they still did the right thing and mm. they used the other one for Wexford to go away so they've appealed it and they've won theirs Leash went down to Kerry so there's no huge uh, <laughs> no warm training uh, warm, uh, weather holiday, training, warm weather yeah. training for Leash they went down to Kerry I'd say they were training as well like I mean the, the idea that a county would say well, oh yeah well, we went away and we didn't do anything what a load of nonsense what was Dublin's it was a history trip in that France? was to France somewhere yeah <laughs> but like I mean, well, you wouldn't put a costume Gavin to do a history trip would you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm on the fence with that like I mean ah, they definitely did some bit of training now whether they did tactical work they would have lim- they, they absolutely would have done some training yeah. I don't believe anyone if you say you're going away for a weekend altogether sure it's a total waste like when amateur players get an opportunity to spend a weekend together and to not use that opportunity to go through you know to use it wisely it's just yeah. it's, it's how could you argue that like this would be more of a violation I think if, if it happened around now you know when there's a training battle like we've talked about April and like it's a couple of weeks before the championship yeah. the fact that teams are getting punished for preparing for preparing for championship is yeah. mad again it's madness yeah. injustice because, is mad because when you look at it as well Conan and the league is so intense now so the league is every week pretty much and you've got two weekends that aren't so you're going through your same it's almost like championships you're going through your Monday night recovery you're coming back onto the field Tuesday you can't do much um, you know then Thursday you don't you're the games are coming so thick and fast you don't have probably much time the, the nights are dark the, the weather is is dark very early so you don't have much time to do quality actual tactical work walkthroughs all those mm. things and weekends are gone because you've got games every weekend so then you've got the April free just before the championship and you are not allowed to go away for a weekend and actually do some yeah. tactical work and use that time well that's a bizarre yeah. it's just stupid and what, what about these, these counties who didn't respect April for clubs but they trained anyway but they didn't go away on actually a go away so they're fine just because they didn't go away like, but yeah, is, it, okay. is, it's, is it the going away that's the problem or is it the training that's the problem you know which, which is it yeah. or are they, are they concerned with county boards using resources I, I don't know it's another one that you'd be scratching your head uh, so Le- De- De- Leach definitely have lost a home league game uh, next year Michal Burns was doing a media day yesterday for AIB actually do you know I wanted to talk to Michal Burns I could I could uh, either to go for a, a doctor scan with Itzy yesterday so I wanted to talk to him but I could find no evidence of what kind of a talker he was or anything on YouTube so I wasn't really sure and anyways I ended up not being able to go yesterday but Michal Burns is somebody I'd like to talk to but he's talking about the Kerry captaincy and obviously this very very outdated notion in Kerry and Kilkenny that the county champions are the captain and that happened to me um, with Leash one year the year I went away travelling I was picked as Leash captain because we'd won the Leinster club and the Leash county title and Port Leash had nominated me for captain of Leash now me and Mikko didn't get on that well <laughs> so that'll just tell you how ridiculous yeah. this is that a fella who didn't really get on with the manager that well was, and Mikko was accepting me as captain like no problem He that's the I was thinking to myself oh, what kind of a relationship would this be <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean but like we had started getting on a little bit better at that stage but I ended up uh, not going in but uh, Michal Burns is talking and he's he's right like I mean this fellow was he he was the only Dr Crokes player playing against Galway in the league so at 21 years of age he was put in as captain it was his first ever league campaign now he said it was his worst he said we played Galway in the league and for whatever reason I was the only Crooks player playing so I was captain and it was my worst game of the league because I was thinking about it so much I was thinking about how my family would be proud of me the club would be proud of you and all this uh, type of stuff I was 21 years of age and it just got the better of me on the day and I played my worst game of the league like that's just stupid yeah why are they like it's so outdated I remember who what captain or I think it was Liam Kearns came in and broke that tradition in leash he just said oh, yeah. no he just said no I'm not 
absolutely I'll be, picking my, I'll be picking my own captain Did anybody care? No <laughs> So the players all agree, pretty much would have agreed It would have been another and, and that would have been at a time when Portlaoise probably would have won the county Like it would have been a Portlaoise man up again and up again but it's, it's the best man for the job like yeah. I mean that's and again me being captain of Leash that time I was never in Port Leash I, I would have taken on a big leadership role but I never had that role with Leash and it would have been weird for me to actually start taking that role when I used to actually leave that to fellas who probably deserved yeah. to have that uh, that kind of status within the squad I didn't really have that status within the squad and I didn't really think me being parachuted in as captain would have been really yeah. right it's like there are emergent leaders in every team like you know there's always two or three captains who it's natural that they should be the captain but, they, they are the captain they are that through commitment in training playing well in matches and uh, doing the right things in training and that being consistent yeah. so they've they've elevated themselves naturally to that status you can't just be parachuted in from being a jack the lad like I was into now I'm captain because I took cap- being captain really really seriously for Port Leash and I thought I was a good captain and you know I'm I'm will tell you the truth but I did think I was a good captain and I didn't really see how it would work with Mikko and you know with the squad me kind of taking on that role yeah so it's not even in that case then it's not even that you're like Michal Burns and not ready to be captain but this is a completely different circumstance where it's, you're going into the county there's Mick O'Dwyer who you don't get along with too well so like that's not taken into account for this whole sort of automatic thing where you won't report least your captain that's it yeah it's wrong it's wrong did um, you have any meetings with Miko about it or what, no, what no. happened like, what, how come he didn't go in and well I went away travelling right so that Again? was kind of no, that was kind of an extension of <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. It was the year we got to the All-Ireland Club Final. So after the All-Ireland Club Final, I went away um, until the following Christmas. So I actually missed, I missed out on that year. So um, it was never a question. You see, that, that was the year, without going into it too much, like Mikko had left Leash. At that, so I was weighing up this decision to go away or be captain of Leash, whatever. And then Mikko fixed the training session for Leash on a Saturday night at half seven, randomly in November, October, November, in the dark and I think only like 10 or 12 lads showed up now it was late it was, it was on the Thursday night this was decided and we'd never trained at the weekend like that before at that time of the year yeah. he used that as leverage to walk out on us then there was all these rumours that he was going to go manage Dublin and do, I was told by a football board chairman that it was an argument about money with the county board but he used the players as a pawn mm. and he used our lack of commitment as a pawn to fight battles behind the scenes then he ended up coming back to Leash all of a sudden lands back uh, oh well the players have promised me that uh, we, they'd give us a commitment we were ringing each other saying what a kind of a bollocks would do this to us Yeah. so I went nah that's not for me I'm not going in there I am absolutely not going in there as captain so that was kind of how that decision was made very very easy for me do you regret not being captain of Leash never well, mind that year but well I do know. because they lost to Dublin by one point in the Leinster final and I was coming off Leinster club player of the year Leash player of the year I was in the form of my life I was definitely worth more than one pint yeah you know what I mean could so have lifted the Leinster could have lifted the Leinster yeah well anyways that's the way <laughs> in fairness I actually think I mentioned this on the show the Ross Munley scored a goal in the last minute against Offaly in the first round of the Leinster so they might never have got to the Leinster final if I'd been playing that day who knows that game might you know yeah. what I mean Ross might not have got that goal because I might have not have passed it to him <laughs> <laughs> for example do you know what I mean or I, I might have been part of the move and let that ball drop that he didn't yeah. you know you don't know you don't You, you don't, that's what makes this <laughs> two easy. very likely possibilities <laughs> <laughs> alright so I, I mentioned at the start there that uh, my attitude towards being a sub that I've, I've outlined and it's absolutely not the right way to act and I think the G... Gaelic squads have Gaelic football squads have moved on from that kind of thing that being on the fif- first 15 is the be all and end all and I wouldn't recommend my behaviour and I think my career probably is proof that my behaviour wasn't the right <laughs> wasn't the right proven but anyway Alfie Devine this happens for referees too referees can act a bit like Colin Barkinson at times as well <laughs> so the 47 year old so he's 47 so he should know better so <laughs> so let me see so this is it so he's after uh, he's after retiring from being a referee so he had taken charge of Leinster in 21 and Leinster minor hurling finals in 2016 and 2017 as well as numerous National League fixtures however the game's dried up for him this year and he is also Westmead minor manager so his w- decision to walk away from inter-county refereeing so so he, this is this is what Alfie says. I was progressing really well, and then all of a sudden, the whole thing.
everything stagnated and the games just stopped coming I wasn't happy with doing just linesmen or fourth officials. So here you go. This happens. This happens at the best of them. I wasn't happy just doing linesmen or fourth official. I like to be involved in the game. This is me all. <laughs> exactly. I, I gave a hundred percent commitment, but it's difficult to stay interested when you're not getting the games. Can't do the sprints if you're not going to be there referee. You know. So he says it's disheartening. But what can you do? I just decided last week to call it a day. I've no, I have other commitments like family and work, and there were factors in my decision also. So Alfie Devine that's the wrong attitude but I see where you're coming from brother if you're not getting the big job uh, that's it and interestingly it must be a Westmead referee thing uh, Conan because we remember James McGrath this oh, year yeah. he threw the ties out of the pram a bit like I often did um, he said that he resigned from the National Hurling Panel as well so that's two Westmead men down um, because of subitis, the same subitis <laughs> that I suffered from. Um, so he said it's hugely disappointing not to be involved in the All Ireland final. So he was overlooked for James Owens for the All Ireland final. So he wasn't given a semi final uh, game. So all, that obviously made him think usually the two refs in the semi don't double up and ref the final yeah. so he thought he was in the mix ended up being given to James Owen so he wasn't happy about this at all so he he, uh, he resigned and you love this so he had a Facebook post so if only, if only I had this back if there was uh, Facebook and Twitter back when I was playing so he says if I'm not your second choice nor your backup plan either choose me or lose me oh my god <laughs> he says either choose me or lose me if Jesus. I'm not your first choice what do you think of that? <laughs> choose me crazy. or choose me or lose me. I didn't see that. At yeah, all. you go, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Here we'll be back with Connor McDonald. It, it, it is tough. It, it, but I won't tell you, there's no point in uh, paper over like that. It, it, it is extremely tough. I won't tell you, but again, it's not about me. I'm Morris or anyone else. It's about Waterford. We waited so long. I know I've seen it. One of your tweets yesterday said six years. It's obviously a leash, man, but it's long six years for us there, and um, we're absolutely thrilled. Like. I remember after the the final, I was, uh, I was Tuesday morning, my nephew was out in the lawn and he was taking freeze with his socks pulled up, pretending to be TJ Reid, and uh, he fairly brought me back down to turf that day anyway. Alright, so Nevena take on Ballyhill Shamrocks on Sunday in the Leinster semi-final and their main man Conor McDonald joins us on the line now. Conor, it's the great Ballyhill Shamrocks in a Leinster semi-final. This is really the big time for Nevena. Yeah, it's probably uncharted territory at the minute as well. Um, it's something we haven't experienced um, ever as a club, but uh, I suppose the whole of Wexford now is, 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 is probably just thinking of, of Sunday and what, what we might bring to it um, but it's, it's obviously very exciting So do you get do you have that tradition in Wexford it would be tradition in Leash where the whole county rolls in behind the county championships despite club uh, rivalries Well it'd be open so anyway I, I, I seem to remember um, Owlers playing Bally Hale down in Wexford Park uh, a couple of years ago as well and they they beat them and uh, <clears throat> you know that was there was a serious crowd of that from all different I was at that myself there was but there was a, a really good crowd from from all around the county and um, yeah I would say so yeah and uh, on the most part anyway, most clubs would, would row in together yeah and, and, and get get behind the team that are representing the county Yeah so you have a, you have a very interesting um, club you won your first ever final you'd never been to a final before um, so that must have been a huge uh, deal for the town we saw some some of the scenes actually there was a video doing the rounds of the main street in Gorey after the county final and it looked like it was mayhem it was it was uh, something that I, I'll cherish for the rest of my days. I tell you that it was it, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. We normally you beat the horns down the town, um, when you when you win something, there might be a cup hanging out of a car or something. But there was one of the players actually went up through the town on the way by, so he he and he had said that we you don't have to walk because the crowd is is ridiculous and we sure it was the pipe band and it was just you know, it's magical stuff really was, can, yeah. I never would have expected that you know right because like I mean Gorey is a big town like it's 10,000 population in or around uh, Wikipedia told me that so I don't know it's, I'd say it's yeah. it's no, you're right Jay, being but, a, yeah, being around but like so you, Navena have been underachieving big time then like I mean the town must have been just desperate for that yeah um, like you know I probably would have never really remembered Gory even competing at senior or intermediate, you know. So, like, there, there's always talent there, and there was always underage teams kind of having some sort of success. Um, but 
like in the last couple of years, in the last say five to ten years, it's it's really it's really pushed on, and I suppose like the adult level has has pushed on the the underage as well. So, um, yeah, like I say, it was uncharted territory, but it was it was uh, it's it's something that we want to keep going now as well. You know. So so that's the thing. So I, I was reading that in 2012, you when you first started playing um, with the senior team, you were intermediate A, which in leash that would be junior. It's the third level, um, third level down. So you won that yeah. in in 2012 then moved up into the intermediate proper then won intermediate in 15 and now you're senior county champions in 2018 it's been a it's been a massive rise in fortunes yeah it's just been a roller coaster really um like we won that in 2012 and we went straight in to we actually played in the intermediate final in 2013 we were beaten by Buffers Alley who would have been do you know they were heavily heavily tipped off to win they were actually relegated from senior the previous year and they were just heavily tipped off to win that um, and go straight back up to senior and then it took us another say about two years to, to, to get to another final and um, yeah 2015 then we, we won it and I don't know it's just I don't know whether we're getting strokes of luck here and there or whatever but there's obviously there's obviously a lot of hard work gone in um, and the group of players that we have at the minute, there's there's been a lot of them kind of together, growing up, uh, growing up along as well. So um, we've a nice mix there as well, John. Well, that's the thing because you were saying that there's a lot of focus on the underage in the last ten years, but that wouldn't have been the focus. That focus wouldn't have been on you kind of coming up at under twelve. That's been that's a bit before that. So is that's just a good bunch of players coming up in around the same time, you know, which happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even at the minute there, there's there's a. Uh, you know, there's minor teams and and stuff like that getting being really successful. Our under 15s uh, have won the double there for two years in a row. Um, our minor footballers and hurlers are absolutely flying. There's brothers of the Malays, all Malay, Gary Malay. You know, there's a, a brother Keane and his group of players. They're they're absolutely. You know, you're looking at them thinking, Jesus, like where are they going to fit in and who's going to lose their place to them? You know, so the underage. The underage system at the minute seems to be thriving, and um, there's more and more members coming in the whole time, and it's it's uh, it's just it's just deadly to be honest. Yeah, no, that's uh, fantastic. And you mentioned that they won the double, the under 15s. He won the double this year, really, because he won the intermediate football, and that was a week before the county, the county final. Yeah, I, I think I think probably with this team, uh, to be honest, Colin, I think with the team that we have, um, keeping a week in, week out thing actually might have suited us where, whereby we all had something to focus on again and obviously when we were going into going into games that we hadn't been in before like a senior or semi-final and final um, and such a big game like that to have another focus for a week you know it, it kind of uh, it kind of you know turned our attention to that and we didn't have to think about the, the county Ireland final too much either so kind of you know, for a young team, probably probably suit us. You know. Yeah, so you're getting to play every weekend and not really having to do the hard training because you're trying to stay fresh all the time. It's, par- it's yeah, probably, exactly, it's exactly. Probably, yeah, it's probably. I was reading you were saying there's three players who play football and not hurling. So there's a huge. You're almost like a mini slock nail. Yeah, there's there's a, a serious turnover on on, um, on on both sides. And to be fair, like anyone who might not have started on the hurling could start on the football and. It was just, it was just lovely, and I'd say this is the first year I know for myself. Anyway, it's the first year I played the full year in about five or six years, nearly since I was a minor. Um, and every kind of lad who had been involved in hurling setups with Wexford or whatever at underage twenty ones and stuff, everyone kind of rode in this year, and you know we reaped the rewards of it. Thank God, um, especially with the football, and like I say, it obviously helps with the hurling as well. So, where do you play on the football team? I started uh, my first. I was a bit of a John O'Shea there of a, of a lad. <laughs> wherever, wherever I was uh, needed or put, um, I started out. The first game was full back. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how, but um, I wasn't expecting to start at all. I hadn't. I hadn't actually done And um, I was full back for the first day, midfield, then for the kind of remainder of the year, and then I was full forward in the final. So. Jesus, so you've moved from full back. This, this is almost a record in itself, full back and full forward yeah, in the yeah. same year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but, um, I know it was great, great now to be involved as well. Yeah. So you wouldn't have been able to celebrate the football one too much then, obviously with the, your first ever hurling county final the week after. Yeah, no, it was, it was, um, that was an experience in itself because 
especially for the older fellas uh, in the panel who, you know, might think that that could be their last con- couple of, you know, finals to celebrate. Um, I remember we went to uh, the Ashton Park there for a recovery session actually straight away after the game, which was surreal enough in itself. Um, uh, our captain, uh, Pedro Travers, he he said he was in the sauna and he couldn't he couldn't believe like that we were actually doing that you know for, <laughs> for, for years like you know and, and within a final to be be celebrations for a couple of days no matter what it was so um, you know he was kind of keeping everyone in check too to, to say that this is an experience in itself and enjoy what you know what we're doing at the minute you know yeah maybe that's why they all went so ballistic the night after the hurling because they couldn't do it the week before yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it was probably an accumulation of of, uh, of two or three um, two or three weeks of of kind of joy, to be honest. Yeah, come here. I was it was interesting that it was your first ever senior hurling final, and you won it, and you won it against St Martins, who were defending champions, who beat Aulert de Bala, and you were underdogs going into it. Because I saw um, from an interview that you did that underage, you've only got one county medal under twelve, and you used to get to all the county finals. So you obviously had a really good bunch of players on the way up but you used to get to all the county finals underage 14, 16 minor everything but you would lose to Rapparees is that how I pronounce that it's Liam Ryan and Kevin Foley's yeah. club so like it was yeah. that was a huge thing to get to senior and actually win your first one when you, you pretty much had a track record of losing them at underage level yeah I think 2006 was was the was the first and only underage medal I well of, of you know proper Standard, say maybe prime, uh, uh, premier level. That was you know of all the county finals we were in um, for Harlan Anyway, it was it would have been premier, and it was the that was 2006 was the first final um, that we had won. That was actually the first ever county final I was in actually, um, and we won that. And ever since, I'd say I must have had 16, 17 finals where we we didn't we didn't uh, you know come out with a victory. And like I say. Um, that was another they're another town team as well they're, they're in the heart of Inescorti so you know probably numbers over the years would have been uh, would have been strong um, and then you know it kind of dwindled out a small bit but uh, yeah every final we got to just seemed to win so I suppose we kind of had to, had to try and put the record straight some way when we got to this one Yeah where's Rapparees by the way they haven't have, I haven't come across them before until I was looking you up there have, have they made the break they haven't made the breakthrough at senior level yet uh, they're in a, they're in Enniscorthy. They were actually in the semi-final there. Oh, they were, they were right. The other, yeah, they were in the semi-final. And the Martins actually beat them in the semi-final. All oh, right, okay. So they have they're so, in they're in and around in the mix. They're in the, in the mix. Yeah, they've kind of made a surge there over the last couple of years. Um, like yourselves as well. They've they've been seen there longer than us now, actually. Right. Has there been a push? Has there been a push for town teams in Wexford with games development officers or anything to try and improve the the club teams in the towns, or is that just it? Just so happens that yourself and Rapparees are are improving. Yeah, well, I think like you say, um, you know, they obviously had a good bunch for the for the bunch we thought we we had. You know what I mean? So they were winning all them finals. Um, and they were, they were bound to, you know, get a good few off off that group of players in itself. So I suppose over the years, you know, there's been a good crop coming up there, and there's a good crop uh, uh, coming in Gory. And you know, we're we're trying to you know replicate that now in the club that we, you know, the, for the next couple of years, there's going to be a few players um, coming through every year. You know. Yeah, exactly. I see you have um, Ger Cush and Billy Byrne are involved with the with the with the club. Is the Ger over the Camogie team and Billy's was over the under twenty ones? Yeah, Billy Billy has been over a good few teams. Um, they've, they've, they've done serious work in the club, to be honest. And I think uh, uh, there's probably a slight bit of jealousy. Well, no, I wouldn't say jealousy, but they were so envious of the fact that we we had we had done something that they had never achieved because they. And you know, like there's a lot of a lot of probably players who would have played for the county who might I would have felt might not have appreciated what what could happen, especially with if they had success um, with the county. And I just I couldn't believe talking to Billy and and Ger, you know, having put so much work in, how much it meant to them, like you know, because I, I suppose it's probably not even kicked in with myself really. Um, but they they they're heavily involved and Ger's heavily involved in the camogie. 
And Billy, like you say, there was over under twenty one this year, and um, I'm sure he'll be involved now for another couple of years. Anyway, yeah. Was it difficult to come back because you obviously have no experience whatsoever of winning a county title to come back down to earth for that Camrose game? You had two weeks at least, anyway, so I'm sure you had a week to to celebrate. But often count clubs that win their first one, they almost write off the Leinster club. You know, it's not it was never part of their yearly kind of focus, so they don't take it as seriously. Yeah, well, I suppose we kind of what we had we actually had a couple of days and we said well we'll take a couple of days and we played uh, the Leinster football against um, the Kilkenny, Kilkenny side and they actually beat us Go ahead. the point um, which was which was not ideal but um, to be fair they were probably they were definitely the better side on the day as well so it wasn't as if you know it was it, I wouldn't have put it down with any excuses they were definitely the better side on the day um, you'd been on the beer all so, week though Ah, not not too much now, not too much. But uh, look, we we'd obviously done you know done done some serious celebrating. But you know, I think it was we trained on Thursday, met up on Friday, and we played then on Saturday. Then, so you know, you're you're somewhere fresh. Do you know what I mean? So they they were the better side on the day. But I think I think after that game, we kind of thought right, well, you know, it's time to knuckle down now. There's no point in winning something and not showing the rest of probably Leinster what we were, we're capable of as well. You know. Yeah, like I mean, you're used to winning. Like you won three Leinster under twenty ones with Wexford. You're winning now with your club. You win uh, at football. I saw a quote from you saying that you've said it a few times. For me personally, I would find that if I'm not winning silverware or part of a team that's winning silverware, then it's a failure. And the perception, I suppose, outside of Wexford is that they're doing great. You know, they've improved brilliantly, and now they're taking that step up to the top table. But that's probably not after having two years of getting to that level. That's you probably want to move a little bit forward now. Is that would that be fair to say? Well, I think on a personal level, you know, if you were to say that you're finish up your career, you know, if you're to finish your career with no medals, if I was to ask any player, I'm sure they they would think, you know, you're you wouldn't you you wouldn't be too impressed or too happy with it, you know, with nothing in your back pocket, even leaving the sport. So, I like. I know I've said that a couple of times, but I, like I genuinely mean, I genuinely mean that on a personal level. Um, <clears throat> obviously, big days out and stuff like that are are, are incredible, and the feelings that they that all uh, brings. But you know, for a county, you know, so passionate in Wexford and and you know the clubs around it on a club level, it's uh, it's it's silverware is what is what you know you're kind of remembered for. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of where I, where. I, what what I think about that, you know? Yeah, I'm sure Davy is on the same wavelength. He's not coming back in year three for nothing. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, he's he's in fairness, he's kind of threw us in the back seat there for a while, which is which is nice. Of, you know, he's, he's given, allowing us to have our time in with the club, and he's always a kind of very respectful in that, in, in that manner. Um, he, I know he was the very same with the, with the Martins fellas last year. So, um, but I'd imagine now he's he's uh, like you say he's 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 begun him for action now again in in his third year. Yeah, if if nothing else, if the fantastic thing about making winning a county title with your club is you miss all the horrible long running with the county. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've, we're after playing nineteen weeks in a row. Jesus. Well, I think myself and Cotton and Bar have played nineteen weeks in a row um, since the Westmead County game, the Clare game, and then the, and then seventeen weeks then with with um, with, with uh, Gory then hurling football. So it's. Uh, well, it's nice to miss a couple of runs at the start of the year. It'd be nice to get a bit of a break. You know? <laughs> no, it would. And how, geez, after all that, like, I mean, how does your body feel? Is it fatigued or is it possible, you know, to do that? Are you happy to do it when you're winning? Like, how do you do you feel drained at this stage? Um, like at the minute, obviously, you know, being in this place where where we've never been before. It's something that you kind of ne- don't want to stop then. Yeah. Um, and you just do everything possible to try to get the body in check. Um, I probably feel a good bit fresher this 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 week than I have um, for for a long long time because we've had the extra week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the after the Harlem final we had the football we were obviously celebrating so that was nearly a right off week. You know. So this week is kind of or the week just gone has been the week uh, a nice week of recovery and. And trying to just you know get get fresh again because you know we I think the whole country knows you know the task we're probably going to have on, on Sunday and 
you know, you, you'd want to be fresh or something like that, you know. Ah, no, definitely. Come here, before you go, you were taking the freeze for a long time for Wexford and I saw a quote from you saying you're the most indecisive free taker in Ireland. I think we spoke about that before the last time you were on the show. Porrick Dial and Darren Hughes takes uh, freeze for Naveena. Was there a bit of, would there be a bit of slagging at club training when you're on the freeze for Wexford and you're not on, on the freeze for the club? <laughs> no, it's true. I, 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 don't know, I don't know how it even works. It, it just... As I, as, like I said before, I, I don't have any answer about the fact that they're all on the bar. I don't care if if the managers hit them. That's the truth. But um, yeah, it's, I know it's, some people say it's it's very odd, but it actually happens quite a bit. I know Paul Morris um, has hit freeze for Wexford as well, and he he I've never seen him. Well, I've maybe one game seen him hit freeze for for his club. So I don't know whether it's a thing where. Uh, club players they might play all year in league games and stuff like that and there could be a, a free taker there and he's going well well that's you true know, county players you know you wouldn't want to go in and upset, upset that either you know so um, like I say once they're going over the bar Podrick's had a great year on him as well so uh, it's, it's, it's been brilliant yeah there's a whole politics to be played when you come back from the county not to be the big shot uh, coming back in and taking the freeze <laughs> off people or whatever you have to be careful <laughs> <laughs> no, no that just you know to be mindful of the fact that and I could be flying and you can't come in because the worst thing I could do with Ellis turn around and miss a couple of the first game <laughs> you know you're the biggest clown then oh yeah yeah yeah. they're all talking behind your back in the showers then yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah exactly come here Connor. I won't take up any more of your time best of luck against Ballyhill that's down in Wexford Park obviously so like I mean that that's a big uh, advantage for you considering you would have played your county final there and you know like I mean home advantage in a stadium that you're well used to like I mean that you'll see that as a big plus I'm sure yeah, no, we've played a few games there this, this year alone. Um, we think we've played four or five games this year. So, um, look, we're obviously well used to it and every advantage we can get against against a team so experienced and especially at this stage in a competition with Valley Hill, you know, we'll, we'll take any, any advantage that we can and, uh, you know, hopefully, like you said earlier, we'll, we'll get a good um, get a good crowd down from the county and, and, and get behind us. Yeah, well, listen, best of luck and thanks for taking the call. Lovely job. No bother. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, we I, we do. Yeah, we have a farm back home, so we have, we have a big farm back home, and we have we have uh, cattle and sheep, and we have a few donkeys as well. So um, we had a couple of silly donkeys. Uh, so I brought them down, and so we did actually sold them to. Uh, I think we had four donkeys on the day, and we sold them to a man from Wexford. So we did. So there's there's the piebald donkeys from there, and there's the, the <laughs> traditional donkey, and there's the, the Spanish donkey, and then there's the, the Spanish donkey. Yeah, you see you see them on the on the beaches, never. And so, um, yeah, you can actually. One time, one time the the donkey was useless, right? But now some people have started to get back into them because you can use them for headage, and uh, it's used towards your, would say, your bonuses, your grants. A donkey, a donkey in Eden, a donkey in a palace. All right, we'll have a look ahead to the games. And TG Cahar, as usual, are out doing themselves this weekend. So they're going to have Napiershig, Ballygunner on at half past one. And then they're going to have Guidor and Cross McGlen, which is going to be fantastic. And that's not even deferred because that's on at half three. So it might be, I think I was reading, it's going to be maybe five minutes deferred or something like that, depending on whether Ballygunner and Napiershig, which was an absolute classic the last time they played each other, um, if that doesn't go to extra time. I hate the deferred game. Yeah. I just can't. It's very hard not to not to to see the result, and even if you avoid the result, it's not live. It ha- it's not <laughs> happening right now. They're, even though you might be in suspense, other people are not, and that ruins it for me. <laughs> Just because you know that it's already been played, I know that this result is over. Ah, I don't know if that ruins it. I remember. I find it hard. I find it. I don't want to be a football snob, but I I'll watch the football deferred, the hurling deferred. I find it hard to watch the hurling deferred one. I don't know. I don't know why that is. And that's just because everyone's creaming themselves on Twitter about it. Like, <laughs> and you want to be part of it? And just just put out a tweet saying hurling. <laughs> In the hurling, the hurling uh, deferred games haven't been hugely high profile the last few weeks. So maybe it's been hard just to get excited about them. Do you know? Yeah. And then you have the deferred um, part as well. So they're the two. TG4 or TG Cahar are also showing the the 
Fenway Classic but I think you'd probably want your head red to watch that nonsense that's just a bit of that's just a bit of crack that's not even Gaelic games so I'm, I'm surprised TG4 even bothered with that to be honest they're such stalwarts for the club game I don't know why they would be even touching off that yeah. and the GPA have done very well to get any TV company to to uh, to broadcast this yeah, well, broadcast an 11 aside into a soccer goal like come on 11 <laughs> it's not even Gaelic games you can't yeah. score points who wants to watch that too many goals is that what you're saying you want you want more defensive yeah. more defensive hurling oh look you can't <laughs> even go for a point it's just it, I, I don't look we're not going to talk about that yeah. we'll go through the game so your uh, your Derry boys Coleraine are 2-1 to one outsiders to uh, against Scottstown and that's being played in Healy Park there's a double header in Healy Park this is the first one the second one is the Guidor um, is the Guidor Cross McGlen one is that, is, that's unusual is it and they're actually I was looking at Declan Bogue tweet he was talking about the prices I think it's only 15 euros into those two games which is sensational value and the Derry or the Ulster Council were criticised at inter-county level this year right for their mm. extortionate prices for their inter-county games they're maybe rectifying that a little bit with their club to get into those hu- two huge club games for 15 quid um, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's two better games than you'd probably see in the Intercounty Championship in Ulster. <laughs> like, you know, but I, I was like, actually thinking the Coleraine Scottstown could have been the TG Kerr game, so like, I'd recommend anybody to get along to Oma if they can. Like, that's yeah. two. Joe Brawley's going to be there anyways, we know that. <laughs> so, Scottstown really sh- will be seeing this as a huge opportunity of winning the Ulster. They haven't won one, and we know they have a good team, and yet they've one of those teams that's strikingly good just based on the county players they have, yeah. which doesn't always equal a good team, you know, because you don't know the other fellas. So, you could have some five outstanding fellas and then a lot of, you know, average players, and then not, it not work out. But they were beaten by Cross McGlenn in 2015, and that was a close enough game and they haven't pushed on since then so Cross McGlenn are in a little bit of transition Guido are in unknown territory and Coleraine are no heavyweight so Scottstown really will be looking at this this year um, and almost have to win it I think yeah I'd say Coleraine are looking at it that way as well yeah, yeah. they probably all four left are seeing it as being yeah. wide open yeah I fancy Coleraine they're a very mm. very good team a lot of intercounty experience like you go through their team like you talk about the Scottstown one a lot of the boys aren't playing with Derry at the minute but they still could be they have a sensational side like I I do fancy them right fancy Coleraine right? Yeah. 2 to 1 ok so Guidor and Cross McGlenn is at the 3.30 game and Guidor 5 to 4 and Cross McGlenn are 5 to 6 so this is very very close in the betting um, it looks like the game of the weekend in football to me from the outside I saw Oshie McConville talking about like Guidor are one of those teams that exactly like Scottstown that have the 4 or 5 Intercounty lads that you immediately know, and he's talking about Cross McGlenn getting their their man marking jobs done on them, and he is of the opinion that if you close out those big names, that Guidor might not have too much else, and I would be kind of of that opinion when you have these real special players that are are dragging them through. So, like I mean, Kieran Gillespie, the Guidor centre back, he's obviously out. He did his cruciate in the last Ulster mm. match from the throw-in so that was really unlucky um, um, who else Audra McNeilish missed that last game and Audron Mac- McFadden Ferry he missed the last game as well so McNeilish had uh, it looks like McFerry will definitely be back McNeilish had a broken finger and he missed the last one so he's got a month since the county final I presume he broke it in the county final um, for him to be back so they reckon he's going to be back for that as well so he's got he's going to be a huge a huge game it was interesting enough when I saw that he broke his finger because you might think there's nothing to that but I think I lost about 10 weeks one year with a broken finger really? yeah I, I broke it against Westmead in a league game and the pain was excruciating it was my little finger so like I mean you can't make a big deal out of a little finger being sore <laughs> right so I was like I didn't I refused to come off even though my hand was throbbing I was like what is wrong with this this mm. is a little bit but it just would not come off and I went in at half time and I didn't even uh, make a big deal out of it because I was like Jesus Christ we're in a league game here it's very serious stuff and you're complaining about your little finger being yeah. sore because I didn't know whether it was bro- I'd never broken anything before so I went back out in the second half and I tore my calf and I went off with the calf <laughs> I went off with the calf injury but as it turned out I'd splintered my finger so I didn't break the bone in half I'd split I'd splintered it so it coming off at an angle so it was a really painful thing so they put me in a splint and tied it up and I knew this was a little bit suspect from the start so the bone is split down at an angle yeah. and they're going to hold it together with a splint so I'm in bed and rolling around and I feel the bandage coming a little bit loose so like two weeks later they come back 
and it's like uh, oh well, will we have a look and see is this healed and I was like jeez it'd be doing well to be healed with this poxy splint <laughs> so it wasn't healed so I immediately had to get it operated on so I'd lost the two weeks of yeah. the splint then I had to be booked in for an operation then they put a pin right across my finger so a bit of metal was sticking out both sides that took a month do you know what I mean then I had to come back from that I was like one stupid little finger injury <laughs> <laughs> and you've lost the year so now I'm looking at uh, McNeilish being back for this match I'm saying jeez that's a very serious injury <laughs> he had played him. <laughs> we had a guy missing him because he pulled the muscle on his back after he sneezed really and he told us like you know just tells you were lifting weights or something <laughs> <laughs> sure didn't Rio Ferdinand miss a Champions League game because he hurt the mu- pulled the muscle getting out of bed no I'm not sure he did he did he, word for it, he, like did. he did all these little things can happen yeah mm. I don't know how it, how it does but this is going to be a this will be a really good game and it's 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 definitely winnable for both teams um, we'll move on we'll move on from that yeah so the matchups on McNeilish obviously from Cross McGlenn is the big one because he makes them tick um, oh yeah I was I was reading Joe Kernan he was talking about there being 17 under 21 players and Aaron said there's a huge turnover wasn't it seven new players from 2015 and they got a bit of a culture shock against Cole Island because it was such an intense we know the level of intensity Tyrone teams bring to it and they hadn't really experienced that because I think it's more of a footballing there are more footballing matches in Armagh and then they come across in the Ulster Club and play a team from Tyrone which is bloody war in Tyrone <laughs> so they were like whoa yeah. Jesus this is some serious kind of stuff so they just scraped over that so like I mean it is new territory for a lot, for a lot of uh their players as well um, their Connacht Intermediate Football Championship final between Spittle and Fuerty always risky with these because I got a uh, Horsewood it's not Horsewood in Wexford Horsewood. it's Horsewood fellas correcting me all the time on these so that's at one o'clock um, on Sunday Leinster Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals are on as well so Naveena we're talking to Conor MacDonald about that one against Ballyhill Shamrocks Naveen are 9-4 to four outsiders it's in Wexford Park Ballyhill Shamrocks who a lot like Cross McGlenn are a huge powerhouse All-Ireland winning multiple All-Ireland winning multiple provincial winning team that are rebuilding and have a lot of new younger fellas so there may be I, I think the name of often dictates the betting on these things you'd give Naveen a, a better chance maybe than 2-1 to one outsiders in that yeah. Ballyboden anything to say on this no, Jeez, no, <laughs> can't believe it I'm not ex- I usually just rattle off these hurling ones without any input can't believe this this is nothing good like it's, it's like oh it's interesting we were talking about pedigree last week <laughs> that was it like, a general, yeah general point about pedigree yeah, yeah that's okay that's a, you're definitely not coming in on specifics Henry Shefflin <laughs> TJ Reid back from the Wild Geese there you go I'm all out and Colin Fenley uh, Ballyboden St. Endes play Cool Derry in Parnell Park at 2 Ballyboden are four to eleven favourites for this. Cool Derry five to two outsiders. Cool Derry, I think, could cause potentially cause uh, a shock in this one. Unfortunately, they had Mark Bergen sent off in the dying minutes of their last game. Um, the the he had scored three points from play in the second half, so it looks like he's going to be out. Um, for the next round this this was against Mount Leinster Rangers when they beat them so he got a straight red card um, they've obviously got um, Brian Carroll in sensational form um, he's retired from Offaly now Kevin Connolly the two of them got one twelve between them Connolly got zero or 7 points from play and Brian Carroll got one five one two from play um, against Mount Leinster Rangers so they've got the firepower to really hurt Ballyboden if they're not under game um, we know Ballyboden only be clunk kill from Westmead after extra time but there's a lot of emotion emotion involved in that game um, Ballyboden will definitely want to be winning it based on the fact that the Dublin champions have won the Ireland club twice in the last two years so like I mean that's probably what puts them 4-11 to 11 favourites in that one Munster this is the hurling game of the weekend this is Napiershig versus Ballygunner in the Munster hurling final Napiershig are 2-5 to five. Huge super club, Ballygunner five to two outsiders, a super club in their own right. Um, haven't won a Munster club yet, but with Napiersig floating around, it's probably not too easy to do that. Napiersig have never, ever, ever lost a Munster club match, so they've played in four times and won it all, all four. Nice little record, isn't it? Class. So I saw Shane Dowling saying they don't want to be the losers to lose that record, and I was thinking. 
you created that record so losing your own record <laughs> well, yeah, I think you'd be forgiven for that that's year team it's the same it, that's year record yeah losing your own losing someone else's record and being the fools doing that that's different but you're alright lads <laughs> it's not your dad like he's shaking his head <laughs> yeah. all the older members of the club yeah. we just let them down after years <laughs> of doing that no I don't I'm not accepting that um Shane, so Napiersig were interesting. I actually just thought of this when I when I was uh, looking at this game was that Napiersig only had Mike Casey on the starting eleven for Limerick's All Ireland win and Cara Finn, another super club, only had Ian Burke starting against Dublin in the All Ireland semi finalists. Like I mean yeah, traditionally the county champions and like when Port Leash were always dominating they'd always have a good maybe four or five starters just wondering is the trend maybe moving away from that in that if you're Ballymun Kickhams and you have four or five inter-county lads and they're your star players is it difficult to go through the whole year without these fellas do you know if they're in with the county all the time and like is it a step down I don't know I just think there's a little bit of evidence Chemical Crokes only have Mannion and Keen O'Sullivan Dr Crokes have no guaranteed starter Michal Burns is probably um the one who played most Fionn Fitzgerald probably as well Port Leash don't have a hu- as big a representation as used to Castlebar Mitchell's another huge club don't have a huge representation it's, a, it's, it's just a, a strange little kind of quirk isn't it that yeah. some of these b- big super clubs are not dominating their county county uh, county team like I think traditionally usually they do yeah like I, I always remember growing up in Ballandary and Balahi would have seven or six you know members in the dairy panel all at once like you know it would be all those players like and maybe it's just moved away a bit not that the clubs are trying to keep the players but you know it takes a bit more than just being the best footballers now in the county to play county yeah. so maybe like these clubs still have the best footballers like naturally but they're not all willing to put it in or they're not the most athletic or whatever maybe yeah. the county's looking at something different Guidor and Scottstown are obviously exceptions to that but Guidor and Scottstown are not na- dominating nationally Corofin are Napiersigar Dr. Crokes are and they don't have any they're not dominating their county panels I find that I just find it a strange one and in fairness Casabar Mitchell's dominated uh, one uh, Munster club or one Connacht clubs and lost two All-Irelands and they don't dominate the Mayo one I just maybe being the traditionalist that I am I find it a little bit of a strange one always traditionally the idea in Leash anyways would be that Leash won't win anything without a good uh, representation of Port Leash because Port Leash were usually dominating the club you, you should backbone your team with the team that's winning you know because they're kind yeah. of used to winning that's my theory on it anyways finally the Galway Hurling Championship final is on this is Lee Mellows versus St. Thomas's. so Lee Mellows are 15 to 8 and they're defending champions against Thomas's who are 8 to 15 that's according to Paddy Power and the Thomas's won it in 16 so it's the last two champions um, playing each other but interestingly Conan you'll absolutely love this being the, the, the what did I say being the uh, hurling aficionado hurling aficionado but <laughs> you love you, you kind of love a good kind of feel good GA story that's what you oh mean, let's you know? go so Thomas has won their first ever county title in 2012 they won the All-Ireland that year so they'd never won a county title and went on to win it so they won the county title again in 16 and they lost a brilliant final against Ballier um, I remember that game it was on TG Cahir they were losing by 12 points with 12 minutes remaining they got it back to a point but anyways Thomas's have David Burke and a load of brothers and to have Connor Cooney so when they won the county final back in 2012 get this there was 18 brothers on their squad so they had two Skehels they had two Sherrys they had two Kellys they had three Cooneys and they had three Murrays <laughs> but that does not compare to the fact that they had six Burks they had Kenneth Sean David Cahill Dara and Enna and their father was the manager so another uh. Burke as a manager I remember Marty Morrissey being down in their kitchen I think it was after they won the county final that first year I remember seeing it and it was like Jesus is full of Burks and he was in the Burks house and he was having <laughs> breakfast with them and uh, I'm pretty sure it was Marty it was someone from RTE anyways so they had 18 brothers under squad when they won the All-Ireland Club now you, a tear could form in your eye when yeah, you hear that kind of thing that's what it's all about that is exactly what it's all about <laughs> so it'll be interesting they're, they're, uh, they're very, I don't know how many of all these brothers are still involved now Um but yeah, they're in the county final. That's uh, in Pierce Stadium at two o'clock on on Sunday. And just finally, there is a Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Championship final between Charleville of Cork and Fecal of Clare. That's in the Gaelic grounds at half one. Charleville are favourites for that at eight to thirteen. Fecal are thirteen to eight. Right, that's probably it. 
Anything to say on that intermediate uh, Munster Club hurling <laughs> final? <laughs> all right. <laughs> no. All right, that's always time for this week. We'll be back on Monday where we'll review um, the whole thing. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.